Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Man, what a friend we have in Jesus. Man, he's so good. He loves you so much. I'm so grateful that he's not just our savior, but he's a savior that comes down and he calls us friends. And he wants to meet you right in the middle of your real world today. Do you believe that today? I want to take a moment and welcome our plaza location. Come on, North location. We want to welcome everybody at Lansing Correctional Facility. We're so glad that you would join in with us today. And I just want to take a moment and say happy Mother's Day to all of you beautiful ladies out there. You know, we want to celebrate just for a moment. If you're at Lansing, if you are wherever you're at at the plaza here at North Location, let's just do a little experiment. Can all of the men sit down and can all of the ladies, all of the ladies stay standing? Look at all of you gorgeous girls. We really are taking today as really celebrating the feminine spirit, celebrating what all of us ladies do, whether we are biological moms, spiritual moms, maybe you're a dog mom, maybe you're a plant mom. I don't know today, but I do know this. Us girls, we have a way of nurturing and cultivating and caring and bringing people alongside of us and raising up the next generation and being there to support all all along the journey. So here at Hillsong, Kansas City, we love you so very much. We believe in you and we have just a little tiny token of a gift for every single lady here. So I think they're coming down. Look at these cute little carts. I think Plaza has the cute little carts too, but what girl doesn't love a flower? So we have a little gift for all of you girls because we want to say that we believe in you. We love you, we are for you, and most important, God has a purpose and a plan, and you are valuable. And so, anyway, once again, as we are passing those down, happy, happy Mother's Day. Can you, can we go ahead and give up, give it up for all the amazing, gorgeous women. We say um, that God's gonna make everything beautiful. Our boutique is everything beautiful. And, you know, I just want to take a moment just to recognize that Mother's Day and holidays, sometimes they're not as always peppy and fun, but sometimes we're walking through real things, real heartbreak. Maybe there's been um, a break in your family. Maybe that you are not in the best relationship with your mom. Maybe you've lost a mom. Maybe you're having a hard time parenting one of your kiddos. Like, life is not picture perfect, is it? Life is not an Instagram reel that we've all got it together. You know what? We are real women that have real faith, that walk through real things. And so I just want to say today, maybe if your heart is in a, a bit of a trial today, I pray today that you will find some comfort, some hope, and most importantly, that you would feel surrounded by some genuine women that love you and believe in you. And we're not just here for the highs, we're here for the lows and everything in between so happy happy mother's day you look gorgeous and you can go ahead and take your seat you're like how much longer is she gonna make me stand 
So we love you. Happy Mother's Day. And I just want to take a moment. Today we have the one and only, a just incredible woman, Dr. Caroline Leaf with us. First service, it was phenomenal. She has written many books, but her latest book is Clearing, right? No, Cleaning. Cleaning up your mental mess. And I think church is a place to be honest. Do you? I do. And I think it's okay as Christians and as believers, we are really good at faking it till we make it. And I think we should get better at owning it until we overcome it. Owning it till we overcome it. And she is going to give us this beautiful scientific approach. She's really a leader in cognitive neuroscience. And um, it's just, I just love it. And it makes me learn and grow and learn how to apply the truths of God's word actually in my life in real time. And don't we all want to know how to do that even more? I think all the moms, if you're parenting any kids, I've got three little kids. And I'm like, yes, Lord, help me do that better. Anybody else? So I also want to encourage you that next Sunday at all of our locations, we are launching season two of our year. We do life in seasons here at Hillsong, Kansas City, because life is kind of done in seasons. And so we are going to be launching our brand new season called It Is Well, a satisfied soul in a struggling world. And this really, this, this weekend of having Dr. Caroline really is going to be like a little seed. She could talk for hours. I know she could. And she's just going to give just a little drop of even all of her knowledge. And you can go ahead and get her book. I think it would really help you so you can unpack what you're learning today. Um, but as a church family in this season, we're going on a new journey. Do you know that there is no way to be spiritually mature if you are not emotionally mature? And as a church family, we're going to learn how to do conflict resolution. We're going to learn how to grow in our emotional maturity so that we can actually have spiritual maturity and not just talk it, but have the fruit of spiritual maturity in our relationships. Because remember, Christianity is all about loving the Lord our God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. And then he says, you can't stop there. You've got to love your neighbor. And ouch, that's hard sometimes. Sometimes it's like, I can love God, the perfect God, but that neighbor of mine, they are annoying. Just kidding. My neighbors are not annoying. Anyway. <laughs> but it's going to be an incredible season. And I want to encourage you that church is a place to own it, to overcome it. That it's a safe place to become everything that God has called you to be. So I've already had the opportunity just to kind of introduce her. But we have Dr. Caroline here this morning. What an honor. What a privilege. Her incredible husband, Mac, is here as well. And I want to encourage you. You are going to, she's going to speak, um, uh, she's going to give you a lot of information. But it is going to lead to transformation once it's applied. So on our plaza location, Lansing, and right here at North, would you go ahead and stand to your feet as we welcome Dr. Caroline Leaf. Thank you, thank you. You may be seated. Just a quick introduction. I'm Big Mac and I've been married to the brain for 33 years. I'm also the subject of most of the books and the DVDs if you decide to buy any of them over there. There is a special on two of our latest books for $30. You save yourself 12. 
So avail yourself of the opportunity thereafter. So I leave you in Caroline's hands. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. And for all those watching, hi, it's so nice to be with you today. And I'm talking about a subject that is close to everyone's heart because you've all got a mind, you've all got a brain, you're all alive, and the difference between you and a dead person is your mind. So I'm going to talk to you about your mind today. I'm a scientist and I've been in this field for 38 years researching the mind-brain connection, which is essentially the spirit-soul-body connection. So I've got brain slides, I've got props, and this is a way to help you process and understand just how phenomenal you are. We live in a world where we can feel very overwhelmed very quickly. In fact, since the beginning of time, that's been the case. So mental health is not something that's new. It's not something that's on the rise. There is no pandemic in mental health. There's always been an issue with mental health. We've just mismanaged it. That's what's been happening. For the past 40 years, we have been mismanaging mental health to the point where people are dying 8 to 25 years younger than they should from preventable lifestyle issues. And if we track that back, we can see it's mismanagement of mind. So in my work, I look at mental health, I look at the mind-brain integration, um, I do clinical trials, I've practiced clinically for 25 years. So I'm gonna give you kind of a quick run through and help you understand what the mind is, what the brain is, what happens, what is a thought, what are emotions, what are all these things, and do you have any control over them? So first of all, you do have control. You are totally empowered to be able to control your mind. Having said that, it's incredibly difficult. Okay? So we need to know how. And that's what, and since the beginning of time, that's what people have battled with. So I don't want us to think that, okay, this is a new thing. It's not. People battling with their mind, if you're human and alive and you've been in this world and from the beginning of time, there's been issues. Every generation faces something. Every year there's something we face. And we know for the past year we've had COVID, which has really changed our lives and brought us to our knees. So I want you to think of the concept of COVID and the concept of, the, of a virus. And a virus is a very real thing. You've all seen the pictures of the protein spikes on the COVID virus and all that stuff. So now that protein that that virus is made of, the immune system, recognizes that and it creates an inflammatory response which is a protective response because it's threatening your survival. In the same way that the COVID virus stimulates an immune response to protect you, a toxic thought in your brain and body and mind, because they're three different things, also stimulates an immune response in the brain and the body to, to activate you because it is threatening your survival. So as much as the COVID virus threatens your survival or any bacteria or any virus or any kind of illness in your body is threatening your survival, toxic issues in our life also threaten our survival. Thoughts are real things. They occupy mental real estates. They are products. Look at the props on the stage. Those are what thoughts look like. They look like trees in your brain. They are made of proteins. They have physical weight. Okay, they are real, alive things, and you and I make them all day long at 400 billion actions per second. And at nighttime, we sort out the thoughts that we've built during the day in response to life, and that's why we dream. Okay, it's one of the regenerative processes of the mind-brain interaction. So your mind and your brain are two separate things. They're not the same thing. Your mind is the 99% of who you are and your brain is part of your physical 1%. So your brain and your body are the 1% of who you are, and this whole thing is driven by your mind. 
The difference between you and I being alive here today and dead people is our mind. So our mind is our spirit and our soul. And our spirit and our soul works through the body. Job 32, 8, the spirit of life is in you. And your spirit is connected to the spirit of God. And you have the mind of Christ. And you're made in God's image. All of those scriptures you know. So what does that mean scientifically? That means that we are wired for love neurobiologically. There is no structures in our brain and our body that are not wired for love, which is survival. God is loveness. God is survival. God is Godness. And that is all about survival. So we have all these systems built into our brain and our body and in our mind to help us survive. So therefore, when we have a toxic issue, we get warning signals that something's wrong. So now hang on to that thought for a moment and very quickly come back to the fact that what your mind is and what your brain is. I've got a model here of a brain. Okay, so nice Sunday morning viewing, a brain and a skull. You are not your brain. Your, you control your brain. You are your mind. Ancient, if we track back to the ancient text, we see that mind is spirit and soul. Spirit and soul are mind. Okay, so the spirit is the deepest part of mind and the soul is the sort of more surface part of mind. Okay, so basically our spirit is connected to life like we, like we plug in our cell phone, we plug into God, the spirit of life. So when we are told to pray continuously, that's exactly what it means, stay plugged in. Whether you believe in God or not, that's how you alive. So Godness is what keeps us alive. Godness is wisdom. Survival is wisdom. So we are designed based on wisdom. That's what wired for love means. Our body is wise. Our brain is wise. Our mind is wise. We have incredible innate wisdom. And when we really tap into that wisdom and train ourselves to tap into that wisdom, we lead the life of continuous prayer. Okay, so here's how it works. We have a messy mind and we have a wise mind. The wise mind is the 90 both together are the the mind, okay? So there's the messy part and there's the wise part. The wise part is your made in God's image, wired for love, neurobiology. We call it our psycho-neurobiology. Psych meaning mind, spirit and soul, neuro, brain, biology, brain and body together. So all of that is wired for survival and for love. That is why COVID virus would threaten that and the immune system is there to respond. Okay, so track with me. So that's the case. Our mind, what does our mind look like? It doesn't look like the brain. The mind is the energy in the brain. So we're going to look at a slide now and you're going to see a real brain of a real person connected to a fancy technology, the technology I use in my neuroscientific research. It's a QEEG plus a few other technologies. And basically what you are seeing is mind which is spirit and soul. If you did, there would be no orange fire. That orange fire there is your ability that you have as a human to think, feel, and choose, which is mind in action. So mind is this power we have to think, feel, and choose in response to life. The mind of Christ is thinking, feeling, and choosing in response to life. And it is connected to the wisdom, to the spirit of God. So the core of you is this mind, think, feel, choose thing that is connected to the spirit of God. When you are dead, that leaves your body. And you physically weigh less. Isn't that amazing? Okay, so these thoughts, that that mind that you're seeing over there is what's happening in your brain right now. So as I'm speaking, I am generating words, but you are receiving these words also as electromagnetic light signals as well as sound waves. And you are, through your mind, are converting, processing through think, feel, choose, think, feel, choose at 400 billion actions per second. You are converting what you are seeing and hearing all day long into products. What are those products? Thoughts. 
Thoughts then capture everything you're experiencing. It's all the memories. It's all the details, all the emotions. Thoughts look like trees. So every experience becomes a tree in your brain. And like a tree has roots and branches, your thoughts have roots and branch memories. The root memories are the experience, like right now, the, you are building a green tree, it's a healthy tree because it's good information, it's not a trauma, okay? So the roots of the tree would be the words that I'm saying and the visual images. Then the, the branches of the tree are your interpretation of what I'm saying, how you think, feel and choose. And it's different, you're all hearing the same message, but you're all hearing your own version. And you'll apply it in your own way because there's something you can do that no one else can do and that's another whole discussion about identity that I don't have time to get into. But basically, basically, and I can talk for 24 hours without stopping, I promise you. Okay, so, I won't now. I have 24 minutes left, literally. Okay, so you have this ability to create that. Now that means that you are creating changes in your brain. This is basically neurogenesis. You are, you are creating stuff. You are generating from the invisible, you are generating the visible. Isn't that powerful? That's a scripture too. So you have been given the ability to convert life into these physical structures in your brain. This is how God has designed us. And then those are what you speak and do from. I'm talking to you about brain stuff. I have spent time processing and learning this stuff, building thoughts in my brain, and I'm talking to you from the thoughts. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So when you have an argument with someone, you have had an experience, you process it in your brain, and here's the argument. Here's the, oh, just broke. Here's the argument. There's a wire attached to this. That's very funny. Okay, so I don't know where that's come from. Obviously from packing. So this is the argument. This is the anger. This is the frustration that you are producing. So however you show up, the jealousy, envy, bitterness, anger, uh, whatever, how you show up is coming from a toxic thought. Obviously, the ha if it's you're showing up happy, friendly, doing your stuff, living life, whatever, it's coming up from a healthy thought. I can't speak this stuff if I hadn't built thoughts about it. Are you getting this? So you experience, you study, you learn at school, and that becomes thoughts, and then you become, you do that stuff. So um, it, it, that's what's happening all day long. As you open your eyes, the experience of life is building into your brain. You are responding, thinking feeling, choosing, building a thought. Now, if those thoughts are toxic, they go against the wired for love nature of the brain and the body. So therefore, your immune system is alerted in the same way as it would if you had a COVID virus or a bacteria or whatever in your body. It's alerted. So if I am now jealous and envious about someone else's whatever, success or go on Instagram and you suddenly get imposter syndrome, that is now what you're reading on Instagram is the root. My interpretation, oh, I'm not good enough are the branches. I show up imposter syndrome. I feel bad about myself. Now I'm going to be snappy in that meeting and I'm going to feel lousy all day. That's how I'm showing up because of that. Now that is, is a protein tree. It weighs, it weighs you down. Those toxic thoughts make you feel heavy because they have a heavy protein structure. Instead of the protein folding correctly to form the green tree, it folds incorrectly. It's a distorted version. We can see that in the brain and that creates inflammation. So we have inflammation in the brain and the body. So I showed, and I'm going to show you a slide. If you can just slip down right down to the bottom, Mac, I'm jumping slides right down to the bottom, where we can, where I'll show you that when you have a the cortisol and the homocysteine, if you can show that graph. Off. Homocysteine is a measure when people are, have got illness in their body, um, whether it's physical, 
um, some physical illness or whether you are battling with your mind with a toxic thought which becomes a toxic issue, your homocysteine levels will rise. That is inflammation. So when your immune system recognizes the virus, it increases the inflammatory response. And that, if it's not managed, increases homocysteine, which is there in the right amounts to help you, but in the wrong amounts is bad for you. Okay, so what happens here is that as that with a little dotted line, I don't know if you can see it's going up, as you don't manage your mind, then homocysteine will go up and cortisol will go up. You've all heard of those. Now, those are just two. I can tell you a million more, but basically your whole hormone system, your whole neurochemical system gets out of whack when you don't manage your mind. But when you manage your mind and you live a lifestyle of managing your mind, you will stabilize homocysteine, you will stabilize the cortisol, and you will actually break down those toxic proteins that that tree is made of and you'll convert it into this. So you will go through a process of transformation. You said that word a few moments ago, transformation. So what we have to do is we have to, now listen to what I'm saying, we have to bring the thought into captivity, recognize the scripture, and we have to renew our mind. So we keep saying those scriptures, but do you know how to do it? Most people don't. Most people will just go and take a scripture and whack it on like a band-aid using God as a genie or the scripture as a magic potion. That's not going to help you. If you've got an issue that you haven't dealt with and you just scrap, wrap, a, wrap a scripture on top, you're putting a band-aid on a bullet wound. It's not going to work. So however you are showing up, when you self-regulate and say, how am I showing up in this relationship, in this conversation, at work, as a parent, as a friend, how am I showing up in the morning when I wake up? Are you complaining as you open your eyes? Are you seeing life in a negative way? All of that is evidence and clues and warning signals that you need to look at what's going on in your life. Because I have shown, and I'm not the only scientist who's shown this, but my research is, um, in my latest research is in the book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, but I have shown the direct relationship between when you don't manage your messy mind, you will increase homocysteine levels. You will increase cortisol levels. You will put yourself at cardiovascular and neurological risk. You will affect your entire body will be, will be, will be at, 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 um, getting to a point of vulnerability. You increase your vulnerability to disease, to, to getting diseases, to getting sick in your body and in your mind because the two work as a feedback loop by 35 to 98%. Okay? So when we manage our messy mind, things can change. So now I'm going to show you a picture of um, depression over time. So I wonder if there's a slide coming up and it says depression over time. And what we see over there is that when we manage our messy minds, things change. So now let's come back to the quick concept here. Mind is not brain. Brain and body are the physical that you can see. That's 1 to 10% of who you are. Mind is an energy force. And if you think that's weird and it's new agey, don't use your cell phones because your cell phones work on energy. Don't have the lights on in church because that's energy. Are you getting what I'm saying here? So as soon as you mention the word energy in church, people think it's something weird. Well, if you think it's weird, as I said, don't use your cell phone and you'd be dead without energy. So God is energy. And energy comes out in many different forms. And one of it is your cell phone. The other is your body working, okay? So when we talk about messy mind, wise mind, mind, brain, mind and brain, wisdom, I'm gonna put it all together and we're gonna hang around that slide. If you can just bring the depression slide back and I'm gonna explain it very simplistically. Brain, body, physical, 1%. Mind, mind is this energy force around you. So imagine there's a cloud around me. We all know now that we are sitting because of gravitational fields. You understand that? 
We have got gravitational fields all around us. There's a lot of science in this area. It's a very fixed, solid science. What we've also discovered, not me, other scientists, is that you have a unique gravitational field around you. There's like a cloud around you. And that cloud is a life force. It is the energy coming directly from God that is uniquely your energy that is empowering your brain and your body. And that's what you saw in that orange slide at the beginning. Now, when someone's dead, it's gone. Okay, so that's the spirit and the soul gone. So we have quantum physics, we have advanced gravitational field physics, we have electromagnetics, we have all these different fields of science helping us understand this unique nature. Why am I telling you this? Because it's, that's the field that receives what I'm saying. You are hearing words, your mind is processing words, your mind has got two levels. It's got this psychological think, feel, choose, you hear my words level, but then on the other level, there's all this quantum physics stuff going on. There's sound waves and electromagnetic light waves, and so to give you an example, if someone is like you go into a room and someone's in a really bad mood and they like sort of grumpy at you and that kind of thing, you feel like something's, you feel horrible. You're hanging around that, you know, that person, you feel affected by that. That's because they are generating actual photons of toxic energy from them and it's hitting your field, it's coming in your zone and if you're not careful, you'll absorb it into your brain and your body and you will wire their issue that you don't even understand into your brain. And because that's so toxic, it affects you and now your immune system says, hey, threat to survival, immune, immune response. So every undealt with toxic issue, every bit of jealousy, envy, suppressed traumas, things from the past, you cannot just forget and shove it down. You can't just forgive and forget. You have to process. You have to process. These things stay there. They are real. They are volcanic and they are putting your body into states of inflammation. So when we look at that slide over there of depression changing, what I showed is that when you bring a thought into captivity, when you manage your mind, which is renewing your mind, then you do that, you will shift your ability to control things like depression and anxiety by 81%. Now, just 1% will change your life. 81% is revolutionary. And this is not a quick fix. This is a, over time because God tells us very clearly, renewing your mind is a process. Renewing your mind. Bring all thoughts into captivity, not just one on Sunday. Every thought every day. And there's about 20,000 to 50,000 thoughts going through your head in any one day. All 20 to 50,000 thoughts are supposed to be brought into captivity and compared to love. And should I be thinking like this? Should I have responded like that? Should I have been thinking like this about that email? Should I be saying this in this meeting? Should I be feeling, should I be all this kind of thing? We're supposed to be self-regulating all the time. According to neuroscience, we can do this every 10 seconds. You are totally able when you're awake to manage your mind. You are able to look at your thinking, feeling and choosing about your thinking, feeling and choosing and look at those thoughts and you are able to embrace them, process them and reconceptualize them. You can deconstruct them and reconstruct them, but that requires a different way of living. It requires a lifestyle of continuous prayer because it means that I have to talk to the Spirit of God all day long. I have to wake up and I have to say, how have I just responded to my husband? How have I just woken up? How have I just thought about what I've got to do today? How am I doing this interview? How am I doing in this? Whatever, all the things that you do. How am I parenting my kids? How have I just responded? Someone just said something, did I snap? Okay, and do you see what I'm saying? It's all day long. And if you think you can't do that, you're doing it anyway. And if you're not regulating it, you're doing it badly. You're doing it anyway because you're not dead. So you're alive, so your mind is working, so you may as well manage it. So here's the nice part. 
here's the nice part. We are able to manage our messy mind. So messy mind is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's the front line. Here you are with this mind, this cloud going through your brain and your body. Here you are in life. You wake up in the morning and you reach for your phone and you read that email. That is being processed through this cloud, through the thing field choose, into your brain and has become a thought. Now you have a choice. How are you going to respond? It's toxic information. Someone just sent you a really nasty email and it's totally unfair and you they should never and you're mad okay so then and that's that's okay that's your messy mind responding you didn't expect that email at five in the morning or whatever time you looked at your phone so you're thrown completely because when you're waking up you've got kind of neurochemical chaos as you go from sleep to wake so now that's in your brain so now what I can say with my messy mind is I responded in a messy way I got mad I said that whatever so let's say you snapped you got mad you said how can I do this I can't stand these people whatever you did whatever okay so then as you that's your messy mind you at the front line you've experienced something like something you've just gone through a toxic process that's okay own the messiness because the messiness God has accommodated for it you see you are you are allowed to do that why now listen carefully because you have free will I lay before you life and death, blessing and cursing, choose life. So you've got to make the messes to fix them. In the mess is how you repair and grow. Now here, listen, if you get this, it's going to free you from so much, so much stress and anxiety for the rest of your life. You are allowed to mess up. You are allowed to get anxious and depressed. You do not have a neuropsychiatric brain disease if you're anxious and depressed. That is not an illness. It's the wrong thing. That is why people are dying younger because we are not allowing people to process their stuff. It is okay to make a mess. If God didn't want you to make a mess, He wouldn't have given you free will. Guys, Godness, I like to use the word godness because we, we bring box God down into our very small vision. Godness is unbelievably bigness. And you have that bigness in you and you can choose. You are not a robot. You can make a mess and it's okay. What you're supposed to be doing though is capturing the mess and fixing it. So make the mess. But if you're self-regulating, if you're managing your mind, you will capture that. Oh gosh, look, I've just responded. Oh my gosh, I'm complaining. I'm moaning. I feel awful. I'm frustrated. I'm irritated. My body's, I've got this adrenaline shot going through my body. My stomach is sore. Um, I'm now, I'm getting, like I feel like today sucks and life sucks and okay own it it's out now you're aware of it now you can fix it so own the mess get it out neuroscientifically you've just weakened this toxic thought and when something's weakened it can be changed and rewired so now you can clean up the mental mess so now you draw on the wisdom of God which is your core inner being it's who you are and you draw on that wisdom and you say okay I did all of that now what what can I do to fix this? There must be, and then you go through the process of, from go through the process of gathering awareness of your signals, reflecting on it, writing it down, checking what you've written, and getting a little action. And I've just described five steps, and those five steps, we'll put them up on the on the on the um, screen, are the neurocycle. The neurocycle is a system I developed 38 years ago, and that I have continued to refine over the years. It's been used therapeutically for 25 years. It's been clinically tested for 25 years. The most recent research search on it is in the book. It's a five-step process, not a technique. You can put any technique you want into that. It is simply how you manage your mind. It is the science of bringing all thoughts into captivity. How on earth do you bring 20 to 50,000 thoughts into captivity? This is how. You self-regulate. You learn to say, okay, what have I just done? So you start at the top. You gather awareness. 
gather. Look at that. Gather means I control. If I gather apples off a tree, I go and pick the ones I want. If I go stand under the apple tree and I bump it and it falls on my head, I'm not gathering. I'm being overwhelmed by life. So you stand back and you capture the thought. You gather awareness of the thought. You look at yourself with kindness. Remember what I said. It's okay to make a mess. Because if you acknowledge the mess, guess what? You can repair it and you can grow. If you don't acknowledge the mess, it stays there. In your brain, in your body, volcanic in its nature, increasing your vulnerability to disease by 35 to 98%, increasing inflammation, increasing cortisol levels, threatening your neurological health, threatening your cardiovascular health, threatening every single part of your body, making you unhappy. It has a viral impact in that it influences all parts of your life. And if you don't manage it, it will explode somewhere in your brain, in your body, and in your mind at some point in your life. You can only suppress for so long. Volcanoes will erupt, okay? And they will erupt. And then you're going to think, oh my gosh, there's all the blame, the devil. I tell you, when that starts in the churches, I just want to scream. Don't you ever, don't, don't you believe that Jesus rose from the dead and defeated the enemy? The devil has no power. You and I have the power. We have the ability to think and feel and choose. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane teaches us true mental health mind management. Totally everything that I say scientifically, I can back up with the, in, in, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus shows us, get in the garden, which means face your stuff. God is kindness. Is you are immersed in kindness. Give yourself some kindness. Say, okay, I get gossiped. Okay, I said something really nasty. Okay, I did something really bad. I did this really evil thing. Own it. Get in the garden. Get on your knees and break in half. Get broken because it's not that you are breaking apart. It's that you're breaking it down. So it's not a breakdown. It is you breaking it down. Huge difference. So you get in the garden and you face the issue. It's awful to see what you've done in your life. It's awful to see what's going to come up, that what you're facing. It's scary when you see, oh gosh, this relationship issue or this total anxiety in my life is because I was abused as a child or in a terrible relationship or whatever. It's terribly, when you've suppressed stuff for years and you start seeing it, you're going to get worse before you get better. It's called the treatment effect, okay? So that's what Jesus demonstrates, the, the treatment effect in the garden. But Jesus is in the garden. Jesus is sweating blood. That shows us the mind-brain integration. When you are feeling so much anxiety and depression and stress and overwhelm and fear and frustration and, and Jesus screamed out to God, take this cup from me. You can say that. You can say, I can't do this anymore. It's too much. I hate this. I hate what I've done. I hate my life. Say it and then move on because Jesus gave you permission in the garden because every single emotion, every single person who's hearing my voice now and every person on the planet, everything you've experienced was in the garden. So if you get in the garden, you will then have the help of God immersing you and surrounding you with power to be able to get through it because you will get to this cup too shall pass. But you have to unfortunately go through the pain of getting through it. There is no quick fix. There is no pill that's gonna take it away. There is no quick five-step technique. My thing is not a five-step technique. It is a lifestyle. It is a way of constantly 24-7 regulating your thinking. When you're consciously awake, it is a way of every 10 seconds literally managing 
changing how you are thinking, feeling, and choosing. And if you think that's impossible, as I said, you're doing it anyway, but you're just not managing it. So the whole point here in the garden is that you get your messy mind linked into your wise mind. How does a wise mind feel? Well, when was the last time someone came to you and said, hey, can you help me with this problem? And they, and they showed you and they, you, they told you their problem and you gave them the most amazing advice. And you looked at yourself and thought, gee, I wish I had followed my own advice. That's incredible advice. Have you done that before? Have you given someone good advice? Always easy to help someone else. Okay, so that's your wise mind. So you've all experienced wise mind. You all have said things like, I know what I should be doing, but I'm not doing it. Okay, so this is, that's your wise mind. What we have to do is train ourselves from young. From young, we need to teach our kids this stuff. And we, it's the rest of our life, we need to train ourselves to listen to our wise mind because our wise mind is our made in God's image, connected to the Spirit of God. So when you talk about praying in the Spirit and all these things that have become so religious, forget that and become real. God is and Jesus are all about reality. That means get in the garden, face your stuff, and it's going to get worse before it gets better. You're going to get beaten, you're going to get bruised, you're going to get, but you will, and, you, and you're going to go on the cross. You're going to get, it's terrible but you will rise again. And the wounds in your hands are your story, your story of transformation. Nothing is supposed to be suppressed. You should own your story. I did this, I did that, I did this, but this is who I am now. This is the change. Own it and transform it because that is what it means to be praying continuously. That is true worship. That is truly living a life of, of um, operating in God's wisdom. And the science of that is how I, what, is what I teach in my, in my materials. So the neurocycle is the science of bringing all thoughts into captivity. And in that process, Jesus turned to the disciples when Jesus was in the garden and didn't say, give me opioids, give me drugs, get me out of here, swap places. And I'm being facetious for a reason. Jesus didn't do any of that. Jesus said, I need you just to support me. There will be times that you're so depressed that you cannot get out of bed. You don't need to go to that person and give them past the buck of prayer. You need to sit and hold their hand and keep quiet and let them tell their story. Every single one of you hearing my voice now, you have got a story and that story needs to be honoured. And that story will show up in depression, anxiety, frustration, and all of those are okay. You're human, you can make a mess as long as you clean up your mental mess. You see, in the garden, we see the wise mind. We see the messy mind connecting with the wise mind. And as you sit there in, in the garden, you will go through. It's progressive. It's not getting stuck. You don't just say, I'm depressed and I'm stuck here. You say, I'm depressed. And you say, why? Get it out. Express it. And if you need help, go to therapy. If you need help, speak to loved ones and go to therapy. But you also have to live with your mind 24-7. My goal in my life and my goal today to share with you is you are going, yes, therapy, friends, etc. You need the support. But you're the one who's going to wake up in the middle of the night and be with your mind. Your mind never leaves you. You can go three weeks without food. You can go three days without water. You can go three minutes without oxygen. But you cannot even go three seconds without your mind working. You need to learn mind management, which is renewing the mind. Every human needs to do it. It's the most underrated, underspoken about. I don't know what the word is. It's not taught enough. It is critical. You can get all the knowledge in church, but if you don't have your mind right, you will not apply it. I know I should be doing that, but I'm not doing it. If you want to bridge the gap between what you know you should be doing and what you are doing, you have to manage your mind. And that's why I have painstakingly spent years scientifically working out how to do this. And science comes from the word skura, which means knowledge. And who is the source of all knowledge? God. 
So science is a tool that God has given us to understand the story of the Bible. Because just to say, bring all thoughts into captivity is an impossibly impossible statement to follow. But when you have the how-to, which is science, you can then put the two together and you can bridge the gap. You cannot control the events and circumstances of your life, but you can control how you respond. And at first, it's so hard. It is, can be, and, and you can be, I've worked with people that are suicidal, that are depressed, that, have, that are, they can't get out of bed, that are so anxious they're falling apart. I've been in places, I'm not scared to admit that I still battle. So do you. Not one in four people battle with depression, 100% of people battle with depression. If you're a human and alive, you are going to battle with depression and anxiety, and that is okay. Just get in the garden and move through it. And just remember that sometimes someone in your life may be so depressed that they cannot do anything. Don't condemn them because you may be there one day and you may have been there. Sit with them, support them. Can you be with me for but an hour? Stop trying to tell everyone what to do and start supporting and start managing your mind and watch your life change. You cannot control the events and circumstances of your life, but you can control your responses. Thank you so much. Can we give it up for Dr. Caroline Lee? That was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Here at, the, here at North on the plaza at Lansing, I pray you can, take, you can sit down for a moment. But man, I don't think we talk about this stuff enough. And we hear like, this is the scripture, but God wants to teach us. And, and Kyle and I, as your pastors, we are committed to helping people learn how to live out the word of God in real time. And we just want to say here in this community, we are not faking it. We are not stuffing it. We are going to learn, and that will be a process, how to own it so we can overcome it. If you don't own it, you'll never overcome it. And it's what we do. I just want to say this. I, was pray I just felt it in my heart. That just, it's, a, it's a good reminder that anything that becomes hysterical is rooted in something historical. When someone has a hysterical response to normal things, it's because their history is rooted in something that is not healthy. And as believers, if we don't deal with the history, and own it we have hysterical responses and it creates chaos in the world around us and God wants to meet us church God wants to meet us friends he wants to meet us in our marriages he wants to meet us in our own hearts he wants to meet us in our homes in the gardens of our life so that we can grow past the pain and past the things that we stumble over so that we can really be who God has called us to be. And we are declaring, and we are praying, and we are building pathways as we walk forward into this church so that hearts and souls and lives can get unstuck out of pride and unstuck out of gossip and unstuck out of jealousy and small behaviors that don't reflect the character of Christ. We're called to be growing and looking like his sons and his daughters because guess what? We are his sons and his daughters. And he said, I banked on so much that you would be 
my sons and daughters, that you're actually the reflection of Jesus to the world around you. So that's why we have to own it. That's why we have to learn to grieve well. That's why our mental mess matters, that we begin to process it in a healthy way. Taking the shame. Do you know they're saying in psychology today that self-compassion is more important than self-esteem? Because self-esteem is often rooted in pride, but self-compassion, not I always am gonna be here. It doesn't mean that we just stay stuck. It just means I'm gonna give myself the humility to even own it so that I can actually grow through it. Because see church, God is kind, but he's not soft. And we say that a lot around here. And yesterday we were sitting around, Kyle planned this. I always do these beautiful brunches for our family. And so he was like, I'm gonna try to do that for Liz. And you crushed it, baby. (laughs) And the kids went around and they were saying all these things. And you know, when your son tells you the kindest thing ever, you know, it really matters because they don't just go around saying that all the time. And he said, mom, I love you so much because you care so much. And I was like, I do care so much. But I thought about like a good mama, we don't just care so much that we just let our kids do whatever they wanna do and run wild. No, we're like, uh, we tell the truth around here. We're kind, but we're not soft. We have character around here. No, we don't lie. No, you need to own up to that. No, that wasn't someone else's mistake. That was your mistake. Come on, baby, let's apologize. Let's go back and get that right, right? And that's what God is doing to us. He meets us with his kindness and then he graciously takes us by the hand and he's leading us forward out of our mental messes, out of our soul sabotage, out of the chaos of the internal part of our world to a healthy heart and a healthy mind and a healthy soul that's rooted in who Jesus really is. So I just wanna take a moment on the plaza at Lansing here at North, if you just close your eyes, I just wanna say a prayer over you. Maybe you feel like, man, I have been stuck. Maybe even as she was talking, you realized, wow, there are some root systems that are bearing some fruit systems that I don't like anymore. But it might be real trauma. It might be real heartache. It might be real hurt. It might be a real struggle that you've tried and tried and tried to get free from and then you've just given up and said, I never can, this is just who I am. I believe that as we walk and journey through this next season, I believe that God is restoring your soul. I believe that you're gonna begin to tap into the wise part of your mind, that you're gonna begin to learn how to regulate. You're gonna be mindful of what's going on, that you're not gonna react anymore, but you're gonna begin to let God bring you through the brokenness and bring you to some beautiful places, heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so Father, right now, I lift up every Every single person watching, hearts and soul, their marriages, their mental messes, God, we all have them. And Father, I pray over this church family. I pray wholeness. I pray, Father, that it is well, that we would learn to have satisfied souls in a struggling world, that we don't live to create gossip and jealousy and smallness, living out of pride and control. But God, we begin to learn to humble out in a brand new way and begin to let you do
do something new on the inside of us so that we would reflect you to the world around us. I pray for anyone that is hurting. I pray for anything that maybe got stirred up. And Father, I pray your peace. Peace that the world cannot give. Peace that we cannot buy if we try. Peace that only comes through surrender to your love and your grace and your care, your correction, your teaching and your guidance. And through our submission to your process in our life, Lord. In Jesus' name. Just with every head bowed and eyes closed, just for another moment. The plaza here at North, at Lansing, wherever you're watching online, He is ever present. He says that He is our ever present help in time of need. He's with us, He's for us. Nothing like a good guide to lead you through some place you didn't know a lot about. And that's what He is to us. He guides us through life, through the places that we're like, I've not been here before. I don't know how to parent through this. I don't know how to, to, to handle this season of my marriage. I don't know how to handle this situation in my family or in my workplace. I just want to say when we surrender our heart and our life to the Lordship of Jesus, we get the great guide, the Holy Spirit that comes alongside of us and He begins to help us in real time so that we don't stay stuck in the pain, but we go through it to resurrection. And maybe today you came and maybe you came to hear Dr. Caroline, maybe you came with a friend, maybe you're a mom that came for Mother's Day, but maybe you know you've never really surrendered. Your heart and your life, all that we talked about, it really all goes back to the foundation of Jesus, to the foundation of His Word. John 1, 1, that He has and always will be. He is the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, the lover of our soul, and He knows your story. And there are some people in this place that your story, you're gonna begin to find healing. But you got to surrender. We don't want to embarrass you or call you forward, but we want to pray for you. Maybe today you know, man, I got to let go of the pride, the control. I think, man, can I really trust God? I want to tell you from a girl that's walked through a lot of things in life, you can trust Him. He is so awesome and so kind and so near. Even when you don't think He is, when you look back, you realize He never left. And maybe today you need to give your heart on the plaza over to Jesus, wherever you're watching. And if that's you, just for for me to see, would you just lift your hand today? If today you would say, you know what, I need to surrender my heart and my life. I see your hand, one, two, three, four on the plaza five. Just lift your hand and then you can put it back down. It's not a show, it's just a little simple sign of surrender. Wherever you're watching online, God sees you, He cares, He loves you so much. And we believe at Hillsong, Kansas City, that we don't have to do faith isolated and afraid, but we can come into the light, walk in the light, be in the light so that we can have fellowship with one another, so we can do life with one another, the highs and the lows and everything in between. So would you repeat this prayer after me? 
Would you say, dear Heavenly Father? Dear Heavenly Father. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender my heart. I surrender my heart. I surrender my life. I surrender my life. My past. My past. My sins. My sins. Mistakes. My mistakes. My shame. My shame. My successes. My successes. I give it all over to you. Give it all over to you. I surrender my life. I ask you to be my Lord. To be my Savior. I invite you in to help clean up my mental mess. Restore my soul. Restore my relationships. Restore my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.